Hey there, you're listening to What the Frickative Podcast. If you're looking for an SLP podcast that is raw, unfiltered, and authentic, you've come to the right place. Join us as we chat about grad school survival, daily struggles and successes of an SLP, and stories from all of you. You'll be sure to laugh, learn, and maybe even cry, but that's okay. We're here to support each other through it all. And now, here is your host, Sam, from Speaking of Semantics. Hi, Kim, and thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Sam. Thanks for having me. Of course. So let's just start out. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are outside of the world of speech pathology? Because I know very often we go into the habit when someone asks, who are you? We'll often say, hi, I'm Sam. I'm a speech pathologist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, um, first and foremost, I think I identify as being a mother. Uh, I have two little boys who are four and six. who are very active and smart and keep me on my toes. Um, so I have, you know, a business mind, I'm homeschooling my kids. I love all things education and that's pretty much me. Yeah. That's amazing. Homeschooling your kids. You must be so exhausted by the end of the day, running <laughs> businesses, homeschooling your kids. You're a superwoman. <laughs> no, no, it's fun. Um, we get lots of snuggles in during the day and I, that helps with everything. Exactly. Those must be awesome. Um, so what led you to opening up your own private practice? So how did you realize that there's much more to the world of speech pathology than kind of just working for someone else? Sure. Um, I think I realized that even in graduate school, um, I was a LEN trainee and um, they kind of teach you kind of how all disciplines kind of intertwine and work together. And um, I just really appreciated that learning experience. So right out of school, I wasn't happy with job prospects. I was already calling, kind of cold calling to see what other interesting little things might be available. And um, so I did that and I wound up in a little um, clinic in Newark, Ohio. It's like a little rural area and, um, helped her scale her business. So bring her business to life. We added OT, we added PT. My dad and I designed a new clinic for her, my kitchen table. Um, so I just kind of had that, um, experience right off the bat that got me really interested in owning my own practice. Um, after that, I went to be assistant director at a already established clinic in Columbus and just kind of decided that I could do it better. I thought I could do it better. Um, I just really loved the disciplines working together and I just wanted to be able to stand by my own business decisions and not someone else's. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I feel like being a business owner myself, once you're opened up to the fact that you can work for yourself and it can be successful. You almost become obsessed with it or, you know, starting new things um, and just kind of opening up the door for all the opportunities there are out there. Um, So I know that we spoke a little bit about the businesses that you do own. So can you tell Mm -hmm. everyone about all the businesses that you've created once you've realized you wanted to be on your own? Um, I started my own therapy company. Um, it's called Flourish Integrated Therapy. And um, I started just with speech, speech therapy and occupational therapy. And I quickly grew into what I wanted my model to be. It, it came to fruition a lot quicker than I thought it was going to, which was wonderful. Um, but I opened a related services center, basically, um, kind of a one-stop shop for families and children of all abilities. 
So um, I just really liked that model of everyone working together, like true continuity care. Um, and I just, I just loved it. And it just really took off in our area. We had art therapy, um, an audiologist on staff, um, someone that was into um, health coaching and pill swallowing for children to take their supplements, those types of things. So it just um, was a really wonderful model. And I think our community really appreciated that. Yeah, definitely having a business like that is so appreciative on the parent side, I'm sure, because, Mm -hmm. you know, taking your child to these related services, it's difficult. Sometimes it's after school. um, Sometimes it's more than once a week. So having kind of that one-stop shop model that you created is so awesome and so needed. Yeah, absolutely. It worked out well for everyone, I think. Yeah, definitely. So um, what challenges did you find you faced when starting your own business for speech pathology? Well, there's not a lot of help. Um, There's not a playbook where you just follow a check sheet and voila, you have a business that's open the way it should be. Um, So there's lots of checks and balances, lots of figuring things out on your own, making sure you have the right professionals. Um, It just takes more time than you think getting started. So um, a lot of uh, blood, sweat, and tears, a lot of grit went into kind of that coming up and um, just really putting my all in every single minute of every single day for about two years into that startup. Um, Now being in businesses as a speech pathologist, I think anybody would go into business for themselves if it were easy, right? Um, If we didn't have billing challenges and questions about that, if we didn't have staffing challenges, it's just there really are kind of challenges at every turn. So if you're not into problem solving or you don't really, really deeply care about your business and its role in your community, it's not going to become something that you um, continue to do. You'll burn out quick. Yeah. I don't think people realize until they start their own business, how much of a around the clock type of job it is, Um, especially from going something that's maybe like a school-based job that's, you know, eight in the morning to 3 PM. And then you go home Mm -hmm. and you kind of get to do nothing with businesses like this. We're kind of working all around the clock, especially when we're starting from scratch. Yes. Um, Because like you said, there is no rule book. There is no kind of like, here's how to start a business step A to Z. It's Mm -hmm. all trial and error, you know, and that leads to a lot of blood, sweat and tears. Like you said, I mean, I can only imagine the challenges and how they begin to just start to wear on you, especially when I started my business, you know, a one-star review in my store, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to shut it down. I'm horrible. (laughs) Um, But if you take it so personally, exactly. Because you're like, this is like, this is my life. It becomes, Mm -hmm. it starts to become your life. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so at what point did you realize that those businesses were kind of no longer what you wanted to do and you wanted to grow into something different? I don't know that there was an exact point. And I don't know that that's what that decision was either. Um, You know, COVID came along in 2020 and just kind of rocked everyone's world, right? We had to shut down our business. We completely transformed everything to telehealth, working with lawyers and working with parents and just flipping the business overnight. And that just took a lot out of me, not just, you know, worrying about my family during this new pandemic that's come about and schools being closed and those types of things. It's like, this was a major event in my life to have to flip the business. Um, And I just kind of thought like, maybe it's time to do something else, right? 
the business is in like a complete growth trajectory right now and it needs more love than I felt like I could give it after burning out so bad right then. Um, it just, you know, the saying, if you love something, you let it go, then that's kind of how I felt like it just needed um, more growth and more nurturing than I felt like I could give it right then. Um, I had had quite a few offers to buy the business in the years prior as well. So there was always kind of been that bug in my ear. Um, so just kind of thinking about some of that, well, maybe it's time and it seems kind of be the right time as I started getting started in that process. Yeah. That, I mean, that's great that you had the opportunity to sell it, um, mm-hmm. because you can see it flourish further with different people while also, you know, trying new things for yourself. But yes. yeah, I totally agree that COVID kind of just put a wrench in all of our plans. Um, So can you tell us a little bit about your new business, Hatch Consulting? Yeah. Um, So I kind of thought that I was going to retire, that I was going to homeschool my kids. We were going to travel. And um, it just, it worked out that all it did was giving more business ideas, right? And I say this to my clients all the time, my lids coming off the jar and all the ideas are just kind of falling out. And that's what happened to me when I stopped thinking about the Flourish Center and Flourish Integrative Therapy, my mind just became active in so many different directions with so many business ideas that I couldn't possibly do in my own lifetime, right? Mm -hmm. So I, through the Flourish Center, I helped a few women start their businesses. So it's kind of something that I was passionate about doing anyway, and just thought that I could run with that a little bit and help other heart-centered businesses get started. It was hard for me. It didn't need to be as hard as it was. So here I am to help other people to learn from my experiences and my nine and a half years of running a business um, and getting it up and going and all those blood, sweat, and tears and lessons that you learn along the way. Um, So I guess that's just kind of um, how I got started with Hatch Consulting. So this is my consulting company um, where I ha- help heart-centered businesses get up and going, uh, refresh ideas, do pivots to help their community, um, and just kind of really enjoying that journey so far. Yeah. So I, you know, just as much as COVID has kind of put a wrench in a lot of businesses, I feel as though many people created their business during COVID a lot of more, a Mm -hmm. lot more time at home, a lot Mm -hmm. less time traveling, maybe to work. And they had a lot more time to kind of like take their idea and really put it um, into play. So I think that your um, hatch consulting is a, a great opportunity out there for businesses who don't have all the time to kind of sit there and start from step one and research mm-hmm. all of the things that we've researched when we started our businesses. Um, Absolutely. So I think this is great out there, not only for the SLP community, but for all the entrepreneurs out there who don't know what next steps are, you know, or they have a business that's not growing so much and they need that pivot. So I think, you know, I yeah. think you're, what you're offering is amazing. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah it's important to find someone you click with in that arena because you feel alone as an entrepreneur sometimes, like no one understands that life where you've got that in the back of your head constantly. Um, it become, it was my third baby, you know? I mean, even after I sold Flourish for three months, it took me three months, but every single day on my calendar, it said, you are no longer the owner of Flourish. And I would move it to the next day. And for three months, I needed to do that until I felt like I didn't have to have that reminder every morning when I woke up. It just was like having a third baby. And now I don't have that third baby and how strange of a life change that was. Um, but yeah, I completely agree. It's just, it's everything to your life as an entrepreneur and you have to be really committed. Yeah. 
my, uh, it's funny that you say that because speaking of semantics has literally become my life. Like yeah. everything that I do is my apartment is filled with all this stuff. Um, but it's funny because I was out, out to dinner the other day uh, with my friends and my boyfriend, we had gone to just like get milkshakes and some appetizers. Mm-hmm. And I had a, a giveaway to post with another SLP and it was like supposed to be posted at six o'clock. And my friend turned to me and she's like, do you ever stop? And I'm like, no, like yeah. just as much, just like, it's amazing to, to be able to get the opportunity to work for yourself. Mm-hmm. But I, I always forget that I can also clock out of my own business. You know, at the end of yeah. the day at six o'clock, there can be a stopping point where I can do nothing, even mm-hmm. though we still have those ideas kind of like in the back of our head. Um, yeah. I mean, sometimes I'll be driving and I'm like, this is a great idea for a t-shirt, you know, and the, mm-hmm. these ideas come out of nowhere and we have to act on them right away. I'm like, I need to pull over and write this in my notes before I forget. Um, yeah. Spoken like a true entrepreneur. I mean, I tell a lot of people too, when you're first getting started, especially keep a notepad by your bed because in the middle of the night, you are going to wake up and have ideas or thoughts of things you want to get to the next day. And if you don't write them down, you're never going to go back to sleep. You know Exactly. Or they're <laughs> going to slip your mind and you're going to be yeah. like, shoot, that was such a great idea. And I don't mm-hmm. remember it anymore. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I feel Ever since I started speaking of semantics, I've had a lot of people kind of come into my direct messages talking about they want to start their own business, whether it's, you know, merchandise, private practice, um, or any other things related to speech pathology, but they don't know where to start. And they kind of come to me and I'm like, well, I didn't really know where to start. And to be honest, looking back like a year, a year and a half, I don't even know how I did this. I kind of just <laughs> kept going and learning on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you have any advice for SLPs who maybe want to branch off into creating their own business or creating their own private practice? Yeah. I mean, I think creating your business plan and getting really clear about what you want to accomplish is kind of um, your first step. So really understanding where you are and where you want to go, I think will really kind of frame the steps you use to get there. Um, I definitely think it's important to have a team at first. I think that you should get the right professionals in place before you start building because you don't want a rocky foundation, right? So you want a good small business attorney, someone that you already connected with that can help you with contracts, just make sure your disclaimers and things are all correct. Um, So you don't want to shop for a lawyer the day after you need one, right? right? You want to have them in place. Um, Same thing with like a CPA, um, an accountant to help you kind of set up what your business structure should be, how to keep your books, like the the do's and don'ts of business ownership for tax purposes, those types of things. That's the last thing you want to worry about when you're building your business. You want to be excited about your business. You want to implement ideas. You don't want to be hung up like, oh no, I forgot to do that. Or I I don't know, I haven't done any of that. Um, So I think that getting your foundation really stable, I think you will never regret taking extra time to do that. Yeah. And I don't think that many people know that that should be step one. Mm -hmm. I think often, I mean, I know I looked past it. I was like, I need to get these products out. I need Mm -hmm. to, you know, start an Instagram. And then like two or three months down the line, I'm like, I need to do taxes eventually, you know? Uh And then, I mean, I'm very lucky to have my boyfriend who's a CPA, but oh nice. You know, I know. I'm very lucky. <laughs> but also, like, you know, you said don't you don't want to have to need a lawyer the day after you need it. But mm-hmm. people started copying my stuff. And I'm like, oh no. Oh yeah. What do I do? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I think definitely legalities and money 
is step one, make sure that those are in place. And if you're not sure of how to do it, definitely get the right professionals to help you out there. Yeah, I agree. Another thing that I always talk to clients up front about, and I think especially for therapists to consider is any non-competes or conflicts of interest that you may have signed. Um, That will definitely hang you up if you're not careful. Um, So I definitely think that's good to kind of look at before you just take the leap on your own and then have to backtrack. Yeah, especially because usually those non-compete clause are pages and pages and pages of wordy stuff that most of us don't understand. And we just, Mm -hmm. you know, agree to terms. And then, you know, we never want to be in a situation where they say, oh, it was in the terms and you signed it. Right. Mm -hmm. Or delay, you know, or delay at the start of your business that you've already started or that you're just so excited about. And then you have to wait because you have a two-year, you know, stay period or something like that. It's tricky. So definitely, definitely a worth it step to look through that. Yes, definitely. So I know Hatch Consulting is very um, focused on heart-centered businesses. So what are your top three tips for creating a heart-centered business? Hmm, That's a good question. Um, I think being driven with your core values is really, really important. Um, I had a friend walk me through this exercise and it has helped me make decisions in life and in business. And it's a really simple exercise. I have a blog about it on Hatched consult.com. It's one of the first blogs that I wrote, and it's basically just identifying what your core values are and then using those core values or keeping that list handy so that when a decision needs to be made, you can kind of go back to those core values. And it instantly makes your decision for you. It's a a decision you could feel good about. It's a decision you'll be able to sleep at night. Um, So I just think like identifying your core values and being authentic to who you are um, are just everything to being a great heart-centered business. Um, I think most therapists, you know, we're what 90, what's our percentage of uh, female 97% or something yeah. like that yeah. in the therapy field. So, um, I just think it's really important, um, just, to kind of played our nurturing side and, you know, we're here to help people. And I think that should shine through in your business. It's not about making money or, you know, reaching a certain level of success. It's still about helping people and that should shine through in what you do. Yeah. I also, um, just to add on to that, I think that especially in the Instagram world, you know, if you're combining your outside business with the Instagram world to kind of promote, I think it's a very easy to begin comparing yourself to other people who are doing similar things to you. Mm -hmm. Um, So I definitely think going back to your core values, you know, why am I doing this? Why am I here? What is the purpose of my business kind of brings you back Mm -hmm. home when you get into those habits of comparing yourself um, and seeing that other people are doing similar things, you know, that kind of like imposter syndrome when you're not good enough for doing it, but you know, you have these core values, you started that business for a reason. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that kind of having those values readily available, whether it's in your notes, in a notebook, in, you know, everything that you open up, it really kind of is a great reminder. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think really connecting with your community and serving their needs, um, is outstanding too. Um, that's definitely going to give you a leg up. You know, if you're thinking about what are, what is your community asking for? 
what are they asking for that you don't have a recommendation for? Help with that. I mean, there are needs that are, are still untapped, even within what you're doing. I'm sure of it. There's got to be something you can identify. And then when you serve a real purpose in your community, you stay authentic, you stay in demand, you stay financially successful. All of that comes with it. Um, so I think it's really important um, to kind of hang your shingle there and like really pay attention to core values, authenticity, and helping your community. Definitely. Because I think that, you know, I'm, I'm in New York and every corner or every other block, there's a school that I'm sure has speech pathology, but you mm-hmm. know, there's still things in the community that, that are needed. Um, so definitely yep. digging deep to realize what your community needs, how you can help, who you can mm-hmm. refer to, uh, is an important part of starting a business like that. Absolutely. Yep. So I think this might be a hard question for you to answer. Um, I know it'd be definitely hard for me, but if you can go back and do anything differently, what would Mm -hmm. it be? I'm not sure that I would do that much differently. Honestly, I, I think maybe I would have given myself more time off, right? I would have taken more time for me um, and tried to give myself some more brain breaks than I did. Um, you just power through. And when you have a team, especially, you want to support them. That's their livelihood, too. So when you take a break, then maybe their things don't get done and you impact their work. Um, so I think that like really scheduling time for yourself as a business owner on some self-care, even just some time alone with your thoughts about your business or how to make business decisions um, really is important. I don't think enough business owners do that when they're caught in the everyday, like, oh no, you got to hit me this deadline. Keep going, keep going, keep going. But you really need to check yourself um, or you're going to burn out quick. Oh yeah. I can speak from experience from that. Um, (laughs) I definitely don't have an off button, but I, you know, that's also something that if I could wish I could go back and start over my business, I would definitely um, focus more on giving myself time off because Mm -hmm. it's hard, you know, we don't really have out, you know, I don't really have hours sometimes, you know, for, for people to come, they're always messaging me, uh, mm-hmm. with support on Etsy or whatnot. And I'm like, Oh no, I need to answer their message now. But I don't realize that like nothing is that urgent. Mm-hmm. Nothing really needs an answer, but before 24 hours. Um, so definitely, I, I definitely agree with you there. Yeah. It's definitely hard to turn it off, but you kind of got to make yourself or like I said, you're destined for burnout destined for it. Yeah. Yeah, Burnout is real big uh, because Mm -hmm. it's such a passion for us. You know, it becomes Mm -hmm. like you said, your third child. Um, It's something that you want the best for and working 24 hours a day is something that you're willing to kind of give up to make sure that your business flourishes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, if you're thinking about hiring a team, um, it's really hard to do that at the outset right? Like you, you need support, but you can't afford the support yet. So you're doing so much for yourself um, until you reach that level where you can bring on help. Um, And I really think, I think the statistics are about two and a half years where things kind of start to coast. So you can expect, you know, around the clock, a couple year commitment before you feel like things are really where they're supposed to be in your business. So you just got to kind of plan accordingly and just realize it's going to be hard so that when you're not surprised when it's hard. Yeah. I saw this um, post once and it was like, um, I'm the CEO, media manager, finance, 
social mm-hmm. media. Like it was just like all the titles. And I was like, yep. wow, that is me. Cause I'm still in the point in my business where it's only me. I haven't, mm-hmm. you know, expanded for, uh, to hire a team or anything. Every once in a while I'll call my family and I'm like, I need help. <laughs> yeah. Someone help mm-hmm. me. But it's hard. Um, especially, you know, when you start from the ground up, it's hard to give responsibilities to someone else because then yes. it means trusting someone else. And it means mm-hmm. putting your, you know, hard work business, uh, into someone else's hands. Yes. And it's hard, it's hard to give that up, but you know, you get to a certain point where without that help, there's only so much more that you can grow. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. It's hard. It's a vulnerable thing to let people into your business. It's a vulnerable thing to think that they're going to have um, the same kind of quality control that you would want to have on the, even the words you choose to use with a customer. Um, so yeah, it's a really vulnerable experience letting your, letting someone else in. Yeah. I first. always laugh because my mom was like, well, why don't you make your dad um, the, the support person? And I was like, if I let my dad be the support person, I would have zero customers because he's just <laughs> so straight to the point. Like I'm very flowery and like, oh, I'm so sorry. He'd be like, no. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. But well, thank you so much for coming. If you have anything else you want to talk about, let us know where we can follow you, where we can find more about um, Hatch Consulting um, and you just let us know. Yeah, you can absolutely find me on hatchconsult.com, which is my website. It kind of outlines what I do, why I do it. um, And then um, it has a pretty robust blog of things that I do kind of share as far as some of the lessons I've learned along my business journey. I also, from time to time, share um, inspiring business stories. So I just think it's really important to not only hear about my journey, but other um, small business journeys. So those are kind of fun to read through and see kind of some tips or some advice you might glean from, you know, the other businesses that I'm including. Um, but I'm also on Facebook and I'm on Instagram. Uh, they're both at Hatched Consult is the handle for both of those. So um, I also have a Central Ohio business community, um, but it's only for Central Ohio businesses. So if anyone is in Central Ohio and in, uh, thinking about growing a business or already have a business, that would be um, something to connect on as well. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. That brings us to the end of our episode. Um, So as always, thank you so much for listening to What the Fricative podcast. All of Kim's information will be in the show notes um, and anything else uh, that she wants to post, I'll make sure to put in the description. And thank you so much. Thank you. This was fun. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of What the Fricative podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We appreciate that effort as it helps others find the show. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.